Hello, fellow adventurers. Welcome to a Nat One Life podcast series called Homebrew Heals. Here, my sister Amanda and I will talk about our different journeys we have taken or are still on to resolve our medical issues. From gut issues to skin issues, we have experienced a lot in our 30 years. We do not have any medical backgrounds, but feel we have rolled high enough in our investigation and health checks and want to share our experiences with you. So come along this journey with us and see what we discover together. <clears throat> I gotta like, uh, I don't want to cough. <clears throat> Hit all your notes. Well, I had to blow my nose too. Like something about the weather. Yeah. Uh, just really shifted my sinus cavities around. So I'm like, so I blew my nose, got my coffee brewing, got my medicine so I don't rage. I think, I think we're good. Or cry. You know, it could go either way. Gotta love being a woe man. Woe man. Yeah. All right. Oh, so, hold up. Oh. Oh, sorry. My coffee's done. So let me pour it really fast. And then, <laughs> then I will totally be ready. <laughs> I like how you're ready to start. It's just like Paul. Recap time. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> oh, there we go. Fresh cup of joe. So do you ever wish that you had like a crystal ball? Or something when it comes to these type of situations? Well, first of all, I'm a little witchy, so I always wish I have a crystal ball, especially one that works. True. Um, but yeah, I even from not just like the grand scheme of things of like, is this going to impact my life 30 years from now when I'm in my 70s? Am I still going to be shitting my brains out every day and not knowing what what's going on? I worry about those on a big on a big scale, but I tend to worry more about the next three hours, three days or three weeks. Oh. Um, so it's interesting because when when we talked about how we wanted to talk about a section about expectations for the future, my first thought was define future because with my stomach, it, my gut issues and, you know, my shit problems, whatever we want to call them, <laughs> um, with my gut issues, I really have to think ahead into the future three hours ahead, a couple of days ahead, a couple of weeks ahead. And the hours is because right now I'm deciding to have a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. So I need to now think, knowing my body, hours ahead, up to three hours. What am I going to have to do? in order to make sure that I have what I need to feel better, that I have what I need to be able to go to the bathroom, um, that I'm not going to be in the middle of this recording when I have to poop because this coffee will do that to me. Move fast. (laughs) And fast, exactly. And so, you know, then we'll get into the conversation of like, well, if you know the coffee does it, then why are you drinking the coffee? And, you know, I'm human, so I have my vices. (laughs) Coffee's one of them. I love a warm beverage. I could talk, I could change to tea or something, but really coffee's my favorite and it has nothing to do with the caffeine. I could drink decaf, but caffeine's not the problem because I've tested this theory it's mm-hmm. the coffee itself. So, um, yeah, so I really have to think that three hours ahead. So if I'm eating right now and I'm about to go to the store with my family, what am I going to be eating right now to ensure I can enjoy that shopping trip and not be in pain, not have to go to the bathroom with like an emergency kind of situation? Um, 
like nothing like that. And then the days in advance, it's my meal planning. And I laugh, but I have to plan my meals, what we're going to be eating for the day for the family around the activities for that day. So, for example, the other day we went jumping at a trampoline park. And I took your sons with me and, and all the my kids and whatever. And I had to think about what am I going to put into my body that morning so that three hours ahead. But then days ahead when I was meal planning for the week, I had to think about what can I eat that day? Mm-hmm. Because I do not want to crap my pants at a trampoline park. <laughs> when, right. I'm resp- when I'm the only adult responsible for five children that are with oh, me. Gosh. Um it, it dedicate it takes up a lot of my capacity mental capacity to think about whether or not I'm gonna be doubled over in pain, super gassy, or shit my brains out at any given moment. See, and this is interesting because ultimately when I think about like having a crystal ball, for me it was long term initially Mm. it was definitely like okay I'm suffering this now and I am willing to suffer this now as long as in the future it gets figured out Mm. and my future self has essentially a better time or better life not having to deal with this but you are right I do these things automatically where like short-term For example, I'm the one that plans and cooks dinners. And so if I look in the freezer and the refrigerator looking to see what's going to be for dinner, I it's a habit already to be like, okay, if I make this, this is going to be the reaction that I may have. Mm -hmm. And it makes it even worse when I don't even fully know what causes my stomach to react the way it does. So then it's like, okay, well. I know like having just plain chicken should not mess up my stomach. So it, those are like the guarantees. If I need to have a dinner that doesn't do anything, it's going to be a very plain dinner. <laughs> right. Yeah. Bland food. And then it's, you know, I, I <clears throat> we'll get into the mental health side of things, but food is part of the human experience. Mm-hmm. And when your mind is consumed by thoughts of food, it can get to very dangerous places like eating disorders where Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're like, how did I get, how did I get here? And it's because your thoughts are just consumed by what am I putting into my mouth? What am I eating? What am I? And to the point where when I was losing, cause I lost that a hundred pounds really fast. Yeah. Like Paul thought I was anorexic. He's like, you're not eating. And I'm like, but I'm not eating because I don't feel good. Like it's not, I'm controlling my calories, but it could easily become a situation of like, well, if I just control what I eat, then I won't feel that way. And that could be a slippery slope to why, like your mental health, how is it impacting you? And then are your motivations really what they should be? I don't know. There's just like a lot of things to consider when you are micromanaging your food. Well, and it also like the different types of food that you eat, they provide like scientifically, like not even a mental health or awareness where they're trying to deduce what's happening and like 
having it happen slowly over time, but there's also like they can physically see how like different minerals and chemicals are reacting within your brain and your digestive system. And so if you rule out certain types of food, that means that your body is getting less likely less likely these types of nutrients that it needs. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So when you start to think about micronutrients and certain um, minerals and vitamins that are only found in certain things, like I started really feeling bad because one of my intolerances is fruit. And so Mm -hmm. then when I stopped eating fruit, which I am eating for the record for everybody listening, I am eating fruit now. (laughs) Because I'm terrible about sticking to my diet. But when I was like, I did it religiously for two months and I stopped eating all the fruit. Well, then I was like, I'm exhausted. I had vitamin deficiencies from the blood work. So then it's like I have to take in these vitamins. Um, And ultimately, if if fruit is something that does that to my stomach on a regular basis and I can't find anything, you have to figure out a way to get those vitamins in. Right. But it's back to that, like, if I had a crystal ball, I would want to know my list of food. Do I ever figure it out? Mm-hmm. And because if I if I had a list right now, knowing how much I love to cook, knowing how creative both of us are, um, we would be able to figure out how to live off of those foods. It's the frustrating part is not knowing what the exact list is. Yes. And so, I completely agree. I am yeah. the exact same way. Just if, if I had the knowledge, if I just knew what my body wanted or didn't want, mm-hmm. I'd be okay with it. Like I would find a way to make it work. Exactly. Yeah. So for you then, if you, when you think about your meal planning and everything like that, um, do you have a kind of like me, my three days, my three weeks, you know, three hours, et cetera. Do you think in terms of that or do you just, um, you said naturally you're doing things like that, but if you really think about your process, what does it look like? Yeah, it's definitely in the moment. Um, because if I, in the morning or I guess whenever, uh, when I decide that I want coffee or it always is white coffee. I do not care for any other types of coffee, just white coffee. And if I'm in the mood for that and I really, really want something uh, extra because I don't have it on a daily basis, it's definitely like, okay, I'm having this craving. I know there's going to be consequences. I know that something's going to be a result of this. So right then and there, I look and think about the rest of my day and I uh, make sure that there's nothing that is important to where, like, if I do have to run to the restroom or if I end up getting sick, like, is that going to interrupt my day? Anything right. else that I have planned? So it's very, and then same thing, like, whenever lunchtime comes up on a daily basis, it's like, okay, how am I feeling right in this moment? If I'm feeling like extremely good, I may choose to suffer consequences later because if I'm not feeling very well now, I don't want to make it worse to where it tips me over. But if I'm feeling good, then it's like, okay, 
am I willing to suffer today? Like, <laughs> right. How good am I feeling? How many right. notches will this take me down? <laughs> exactly. Like, is this going to cause me to actually physically get sick? And then I, and I can also tell like with drinking pop, I know that I will have a reaction within like 30 minutes. Oh yeah. Like, it's extremely fast. So, um, that means like when I go out and hang out with friends or family, that's when it gets a little bit more difficult for me in regards to, I guess, willpower. Mm, <laughs> I it's available. Right. It's available. I want to be social. I want to, you know, like be part of the group, I guess, uh, in a way, but it's come to the point where I, as you guys know, like I'm the person who doesn't drink drinks. Like mm. I, the at most, I typically only have a glass of water. And yeah. this is so prominent where people listening, you may be like, I like it seems weird that that would be something that people point out, but it's <laughs> to the point where she never drinks anything. I don't, drink anything and it's my friends have noticed it my family has noticed it (laughs) what we're pretty sure you're a robot right like you don't consume liquids so we're like there's electronics up in there (laughs) (laughs) secretly i have a jar of oil (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like the movie robots yeah (laughs) (laughs) so it's uh, like in the past i I would do things that I already knew were a bad decision, but I didn't want to feel excluded. And so, but now, like, I just, people bring up, uh, like, point it out or they start making jokes. And I'm okay with it because ultimately I would rather have the jokes made than me feel like crap. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I'm not going to drink that because I don't want to shit my brains out in 20 minutes. <laughs> right, exactly. Which is what I did last night multiple times because <laughs> I drank soda and it was within 30 minutes and I was like, I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> like, yeah, I, last night I had like a second glass of mm-hmm. soda and I was like, that was a bad decision. Mm-hmm. Yep, you're like, that pushed me over. Yep. There it is. I can feel the bubbles. Here it comes. And not the good <laughs> kind of bubbles, people. No. We're not talking about those oh so refreshing as they slide down your throat and make you want to drink more bubbles no talking about the bubbles that build up down below and cause for me rapid diarrhea to fly out of my ass yeah that's like the escape hatch opening (laughs) and the pressure is shifting we're doing another cleanse today a soda (laughs) cleanse that's what it is interesting so when we talk about um, like future and crystal and just being able to predict things, I know for my family, it's definitely impacted them and they almost wish that they had crystal balls or a way of looking like a Amanda thermometer, you know, like, or a barometer is probably like measuring the pressure inside. Like how close is she to blowing today? Full of poop, not full of poop. Um, Do they ask you? They, so it becomes it has become a topic of conversation if we're planning on doing something as a family. How are you feeling? Are Is your stomach OK? Oh, we probably shouldn't eat here because 
or eat this because we're wanting to go out and go shopping and mom's stomach can't do that. Mm. Or I get to watch my family eat because, and this, this really hurts my feelings and I don't even know if they know. And cause I don't bring it up cause there's absolutely nothing they can do. Sure. They need, they need to eat, right? It's we not all their fault. It's not their fault, but sometimes because I want to spend time with them, I'll sit at the table with them. I will cook the meal, but then I won't consume it. Um, yeah. Because I'm either feeling like last night, I was just feeling like so terrible and I had to get high as a kite on cannabis, which is legal in Washington, um, in order. I have to throw all those disclaimers out there <laughs> Understood. <laughs> in order to calm my stomach down to eat. And it was like I felt probably 10 to 15 minutes away from throwing up like I was getting to yeah. the point of like, I'm going to be sick. And luckily I was able to calm it down. But when that happens, I remove myself. And again, that hits on like, we'll go talk about the mental health impacts of that. But um, now my family, because they don't want me to remove myself, they want me to be involved. They want me to eat. It's a whole conversation. And I hate that. I hate that we have to have a whole conversation about how's your stomach feeling? Do you feel like you're going to throw up today? Like our mornings start with stomach vomit and poop yeah like what the fuck why am i starting every morning being like mm, oh my stomach feels good probably not gonna shit myself today i wonder if i'm gonna puke and then i start my day like <laughs> when it's it's interesting that your family has been is now coming in on it like it's I can see both sides of the spectrum. It's like, oh, that's so sweet that they care so much that they want to check up on you on a normal basis. But at the same time, if I that had that happening to me, I I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's just because I have been handling it on my lonesome for so long. And to have other people step into this personal bubble that I've created for myself like I don't know if I would be okay with that at first like Mm -hmm. I would be kind of uncomfortable so it's interesting because the first thing that it did was it made me sad um it started happening probably about two years ago when um my kids are older right so kind of as soon as they hit double digits for both of them that's when they recognized what was going on. And then the year that I lost a hundred pounds, obviously they could see like mom's losing a lot of weight. I wasn't eating very much, you know, whatever I was throwing up all the time, like things were happening. And so my first reaction when it first happened and it was actually Katie. And I remember the day, um, cause she and I had planned to have like a mother daughter date and we wanted to go to fondue and we were going to go see a movie and and Katie goes and she had to be 12 maybe 13 yeah. and she's like if we go to the movie after the fondue are you going to be able to sit through the whole movie <laughs> the answer to that of course is no i just ate a whole bunch of cheese like right if i'm going to eat a whole bunch of cheese what makes you think that and my response was her to her was like, you know, don't worry about that. You know, that's just me. I'll take care of it. You know, if I have to get up, I have to get up. You know, this is our day. Don't worry. But she's like, well, I want you to have a good time, too. Maybe we can, you know, we can rearrange the schedule, whatever. She was trying to accommodate my needs to make sure I enjoyed myself to the fullest. 
And immediately I was sad because it made me realize how much I thought this was just impacting me, but it actually was impacting people around me. Yeah. And so from that point on, it like became, it was really weird. I had a lot of moments of crying because it became part of a normal conversation. Like, oh, do we want to go out? I don't know. Mom might, mom's stomach might not be good today because it was happening so frequently. And it's still, I, you know, I have things that I do because of these conversations that have come up. Right. And, um, you know, so we don't know, we, we don't want to go out or mom was up all last night with bad acid reflux. So now she's tired and she doesn't want to go out. Coupling that with the chronic pain stuff that I was going through at the time with my back. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I felt useless. I felt completely useless. Like I was a burden. I guess is better, not useless. I was a burden to my family. They had to make plans around whether or not I was able to eat that day, whether or not I was going to be crap in my pants or vomiting because they didn't want to be out with me if that was happening. That's what was going on in my head. Now, ultimately, they were just like, we want a good plan. We want to make sure everybody's happy. It wasn't, we don't want to take you out. It's just, we want everybody to be happy about going out. Right. Yeah, it's that is interesting because I I don't think it's gotten to that point with us here, but James is still only eight years old. So he is he does make comments, though, that are starting to kind of like could easily become that he now understands like dairy products um make my stomach upset and so he he will ask okay can we have this as a snack or can we have this as dinner and then he'll catch himself and he'll be like oh but that's gonna make your stomach upset isn't it like Mm -hmm. you can't handle that and I was like honey just don't worry you know like I I will figure it out I, I I will choose whether or not I want to suffer that consequence or not. That's mm-hmm. that is up to me. So but he he is learning already that my stomach is not like his or daddy's. Like mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I know Brian, he <laughs> he likes to uh, I don't know even how how to describe it but he he knows what my stomach can and can't handle for the most part and he as soon as I say hey let's have this for lunch or dinner or let's uh what do you think about eating this and he's like he looks at me and he gives me like a specific look and he's like do you really want to like mm-hmm. He Are knows. you really wanting to shit your brains out all night? Right. That's what he's asking. Yeah. Exactly. Or be uncomfortable or throw up. Like, oh, you want to vomit today? That's what you're telling me. Uh, right. He's. It's mm-hmm. like he he knows it's going to upset my stomach, and so for in his eyes, it's like, why would you even consider it? Like, why would you do something that willingly will make you feel? Because it's delicious. Right. And that's exactly my response. I'm like, because it's freaking good. Like, because food like that, it releases endorphins in your body. Like, right. We'll have to talk about this because there is science behind consuming food and what it does, not just like in your digestive. Sorry, I'm really passionate about this. It's that bread guy, Sarah, that video. (laughs) 
Yes. Bread guy that was on Conan. And he's like, oh, you got to smell it. and You got to get in the bread. That is what food is supposed to be. It's an experience. You're supposed to share it with other people. You're supposed to like get goosebumps when you smell something delicious and have endorphins go through your body. But that's also why people overeat because they're trying to like right. replicate that. But yeah, I, I guess uh, I, I know I understand what he's saying from a logical point. But right. From, from a human point. Fuck you, Brian. You go eat Velveeta and chili or whatever, because we know that's not going to wreck your stomach. Why are you eating that? The same answer so, would be the truth of out of him. <laughs> and that's exactly what I say to him back. I'm like, like it's a, definitely something where we do it to one another because he does eat foods like that. That does for sure upset his stomach, but right. on a more understandable level, like it upsets everybody's stomach. Right. He's not eating actual food. He's eating weird process chemicals right. everybody <laughs> like, knows well, yeah. the taco bell effect like right exactly garbage in garbage out exactly <laughs> it's just it's just a bummer though that my retorts to him are very obvious where his to mine are like i have an actual problem so yeah yeah that's hilarious um but yeah, so it's it's funny uh, not funny haha but i want to go back to something you're talking about James. And mm-hmm. he was like, oh, that's going to, you know, that'll upset your stomach. And that's how it starts. Like that realization of how much our children are actually observing yeah. of our day life where, you know, you'll be out shopping and maybe you'll grab some cheese. And then James all of a sudden will be like, oh, but you shouldn't get that because it'll upset your stomach. Yes. And, and it's like, what the fuck are you? Why are you watching me so intently? Um or he'll be like, oh, is that your special cheese? Or is that your special food? Because I went on the diet for so long. And I was like, oh, my goodness, what have I done? Or even our friend Justin last night, who was like, oh, he's God. been afraid for like three weeks in a row. Because we always have pizza for D&D. He's been afraid to eat the pizza because you were eating the vegan pizza for a the while. It was vegan pizza. free pizza. So it was like, <laughs> he was a, he was scared. Oh my gosh. And because it it definitely, it's not bad. I tasted it. I finally did. Um, It isn't bad, but it definitely does not taste like real pizza. It's not pizza. (laughs) It doesn't taste like cheese because it's not cheese. Um, But it's very interesting how people pick up on things around us. And it is. I'm glad now with this, um, with our podcast, like we're trying to educate people. And so I've been having more conversations with my family about, well, what makes your stomach upset? Like, I can't imagine everything that you eat is totally fine. You know, like there has to be some stuff that makes your stomach upset. Right. And um, trying to have more of an open dialogue about and understand, talk about poop. Um, Like, I know that's one of our, our big things with this uh, podcast with homebrew heels and now in life in general is to get people talking like, Pooping is something people do on a normal, everyday, multiple times a day, whatever basis. Like we it's something have we to. all have in common. If you can't shit, you die. So right. gotta excrete the waste somehow. Um, but it's just really interesting. So we've been talking more and more about it, and that's been helping my mental health. But the, the depression was real within me for um, the amount of stress and strife and pain and confusion I was causing my family because it really got to a point where Paul and Katie so my oldest is Katie 
she's now 17 for those listening. Um, but two years ago, she was 15 and her 15th birthday was one of my lowest points. We had had people over all day. We had this really fun nineties party and then everybody left and I was vomiting for like hours because mm-hmm. we had spent so much time in the sun. I was on all these weird back medications and we had eaten a lot of 90s crap. Study D, you know, we had fruit by the foot, you know, all this stuff. My stomach was terrible. And Katie and Paul literally thought for like three months that I was going to die. Like they thought. I was literally wasting away. I wasn't getting out of bed because of how depressed I was. I didn't have any energy because I wasn't consuming calories because every time I ate, I was getting sick. And it got to the point where they literally thought, like, you're going to die or end up in the hospital. And um, Katie had to start doing a texting counselor. Oh, yeah. Just for a little bit to try to process through, like, some of what she was experiencing. Yeah. Um. So it's definitely, if I had a crystal ball to kind of go back to that, I think what I'd want to know the most is what's how is this going to impact my family? And what can I do now to prevent that any type of impact of any, any negative way? to prevent that from impacting them so that I can either improve my health immediately or lessen the um, stress that they're feeling from what I'm going through and experiencing. See, and that's interesting because my viewpoint, like originally, and this is something that I think is, I don't know, something that I have to like grow into still or, I just have just make sure that I actually consider all aspects because in my mind it was well if I had a crystal ball and I figured out my list of foods or figured out what my stomach issues were like if I need to take specific medications or what have you then once that is figured out then my family would be taken care of in turn like but, so that's yeah. that goes back to like the lesson dad taught you, right? That we talked about a couple of episodes, which is make sure you're taking care of yourself first. Right. So that you can take care of those that you love. But at the same token, I can understand how like what happens if the answer like what happens if our stomach issues or the foods that we can't eat, it's substantial and it goes into a concern where we do stick to the list, but it's not enough mm-hmm. or we stick to the list and we're losing that human experience. Therefore it affects our mental health and mm-hmm. we start acting differently. Like it's, I personally, when I get hungry, I get hangry mm-hmm. and I lash out on the pettiest things and I know this about myself and Brian has definitely come to understand these things as well because he's he's usually there when it right happens. he's like oh shit shove some food down her face <laughs> shove it in her mouth right he looks at me he's like you need to freaking eat like you need to calm down and you're like you don't tell me what to do exactly I'm like <laughs> yeah I know I need to eat thank you yeah. and uh, but that that's not 
good enough. Like just knowing and abiding by a list, but it's not, it, it may not be good enough. And so my family at this point would, I would need to put them before myself. I, there would have to be some form of, I don't want to say suffering, but some give and take. Well, yeah. And I think that there has to be, a, I think instead of suffering, suffering it's more of sacrificing right yeah there's a sacrifice that you make for the greater good so to speak right um and i I think that there's a balance that you have to find but um the hangry thing is interesting because i also get hangry but i have a very short fuse so i'll go like all day not eat not eat i'll be fine not eat i don't feel hungry i don't feel hungry And then I'm like, oh, I'm kind of hungry. And then five minutes later, I'm like raging. Like it's very small window of like, oh, I think I maybe should eat something. And then I'm a raging bitch. And Paul has also figured that out. But he reminds me to eat throughout the day because he knows that throughout years of having these gut issues, I've trained myself not to eat. I don't Mm -hmm. need to eat. I, I can get by with. The fat I have in my body, because I got plenty, I can get by with the coffee that I consume with the, you know, two tablespoons of creamer that had, you know, I'll look at it like, okay, that's 70 calories. I can get through 70 calories. Uh, That'll get me through the morning. And that is calorie counting bad types of behavior. So he'll call me. Did you eat breakfast? You need to eat breakfast. You have to take Mm -hmm. your hormone pill. You can't take your pill unless you eat, you know, and... So now I even have it in my planner. Wake up, eat. I underline it three times. I put exclamation points. And um, because I was curious for a while, like maybe my not eating is making things worse. Mm, Like the because I know. Have you ever gotten to the point where you're so hungry you feel like nauseous? So I was going to say I am actually the complete opposite. I can't go without a meal because. Every like so many hours when it my meal time because my body is on a schedule. Mm-hmm. And so if I miss a meal time, it is it it is a growing hunger that co- becomes painful and then it becomes sickness. Mm-hmm. And yes, so I I fairly quickly within like an hour or two time frame, if I'm off schedule by that much, I will start to feel nauseous. Wow. <clears throat> and dad, our dad is like that. Yeah. Um, and have you ever been tested? And I don't know if dad has for um, hypoglycemia. I not that I know of. I don't know if they do that during the blood tests. Is that how you, you test for it? Um. It has to be tested during a certain part, like I think fasting labs and things like that. I'm not sure because I have never been tested for it, but I know it was something that we've talked about. Um, We, I say we, something that I've thought about in terms of dad, um, because we have people in our family that have had diabetes, right? Yeah. And one of the things that's like can be a precursor or just a different condition altogether. Again, people were not medical professionals, nor do we <laughs> claim to be. Um, but it might be something to do research into for us. Hypoglycemia is like when it's low blood sugar and you're almost having like a diabetic response to a person that needs to take 
sugar in because your blood sugar is too low. And so like, I know dad will get shaky mm-hmm. and that is a sign of having extremely low blood sugar. And if your metabolism is just that fast that you're burning through what you're eating that you like, like dad, I have to eat right now or I'm going to pass out. I'm going to faint. I'm going to be sick. I'm going to whatever. And that's his blood sugar potentially crashing. And I'm curious if it's like that aggressive of a response in his body or if he's just that in tune with his body. Sure. One that is interesting because I have thought about that. I'm like, I know we have people in our family that are diabetic. And I was like, what happens if I have something like I clearly per what I'm about to say? I am not a health professional, (laughs) but I'm wondering if there's something that is similar or close to or somehow related to diabetes. Because I would think that if I had diabetes, I would know by now, right? Yeah, you would know. They would be able to tell by the tests and like the blood work and things like that that you've had done. I'm sure that's one of the first things that they've tested. But again, you don't have a primary care doctor still, right? No, not yet. So maybe not. Oh. So that is always something that's been in the back of my mind as well. It's like not necessarily diabetes specifically, because I feel like that's a big enough issue where they we would have found that out by now. Mm -hmm. Could be wrong, but something that's similar to that. Yeah, something close or adjacent to diabetes. Yeah, like hypoglycemia. Maybe I will look into that. That's a good idea. I would. I'm just curious. I mean, it's just one of those things that it's like people talk about, you know, I feel thirsty all the time. I feel because being thirsty all the time is one of the signs of being diabetic as well. Oh, Um, so it's just really it's interesting. I don't know. And apparently most Americans are pre-diabetic because of how much fucking sugar we all eat. One, I that is not surprising. I do have a sweet tooth like mm-hmm. no other. I love my sweets. I love food. I love carbs in general. <laughs> but <clears throat> yeah. Um. So what about for your family though? Like, if you had a crystal ball, what would you want for your family and throughout this whole thing? I I don't want them to be affected by any means of my stomach issues and. All of the testing that I've been doing this year and all of the steps that I've been taking, it's I I'm, I have to call it quits or like just pause, not quits. I will not give up, but I am pausing because it was affecting me dramatically and it was affecting my family quite a bit. And mm-hmm. I don't <clears throat> like that. I don't like my problems becoming other people's problems. Yeah, and I think what's hard with that is they're your family. So ultimately, when you do decide to go back and start going back to doctors, if that's what you need to do throughout this journey, um, that it may impact them. But now that you have more knowledge, maybe you'll go about doing it differently. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then what are your plans now? Like, obviously, um, with this podcast segment we want to help people work through this and you've gone through so much testing you've lost a lot of weight you're pausing in terms of your medical stuff so what what are you thinking about um how you're going to help 
yourself by uh, through education and other means to improve your stomach issues, your gut issues? Yeah, I think so. Doing more research is something that I need to do um, because there's so much out there that obviously doing quick searches or just spending just like a month's time of research is not enough. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to kind of hunker down, do some more research on what other possibilities are and see if I can do anything that doesn't necessarily involve a doctor. Mm-hmm. Like if there's any self-diagnosis that I can do, um, which will include continuing uh, different foods and continuing uh, almost like a food diary and keeping track of this is what I ate this is the reaction that I'm having this many hours later, what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and something that I haven't said on the podcast, it's in the blog uh, by now, but mm-hmm. for the podcast, I, during this time of recording, I have had some progress uh, where I took a breath test and I tested positive for SIBO, uh, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And we'll talk about that in the next episode in detail, I think, right? Yes. Yeah, perfect. We'll go okay. into further detail and whatnot. But because I tested positive, it's it one answer. I I don't feel like it is the answer, uh, which I'll go into more detail later, but it is one answer. And so I'm going to use this one final, like, finally, I have at least something and then kind of work with it. Mm-hmm. I think but that's smart. How about you? Um, well, <clears throat> it's in our blog updates as well. And um if you follow us on social media, there'll be some updates there, too. But uh, 2020 has been a shit year for the world, obviously. Yeah. Well, maybe not for the world. You know, I was thinking about this and this. Did the real world, the Earth, let me clarify. Did the Earth roll a nat one or a nat 20 with COVID? Follow my logic. Humans definitely rolled on that one with COVID, right? We're all like dying. There's millions of us that have this weird, crazy virus. Like all of this stuff's happening. Um, 2020 is coming. Spokane is seeing the worst air quality of all time because of fucking fires. The West Coast is burning to the ground. Like all this stuff is going on. And I was thinking about this because I'm like, God, you know, the earth just really rolled a nat one, nat one, blah, blah, blah. No, humanity rolled a nat one. Mm -hmm. The fires suck for us. COVID sucks for us. This might have been Earth's nat 20. Mother Nature's like, oh, nat 20 earth, clean house. Right. You got double damage. You're doing double damage. And so, so she's fucking doing double damage. She's putting us in our place. All these, you know thousands of years of abuse and she's she snapped so i'm convinced that the earth may have rolled a nat 20 while humanity rolled a nat one that see, was my digression sorry <laughs> i can see that as well because all of the things that are happening are essentially natural like they happen on a yearly basis yeah. it, we have the fire season. We have hurricane season. We we know that our earth fluctuates in regards to 
uh, heat and cold. And yes, humans may be changing it for the worst, uh, but regardless, the earth has already gone through these changes itself. And so, yeah, I can definitely see it just rolling in at 20 and it was just quite aggressive this year. Yeah. It's just like, oh, oh, nat 20, double damage, cool. I'm going to play this spell called Population Control, right. and uh, all y'all about to die. <laughs> and oh so, anyway, so back to what I was saying. So for me, for this year, 2020, um, for, all, for all of us, I think our whole family, you know, just a lot of stuff's been going on. We kind of have rolled definitely below a 10, right? It, yeah. we're, not, we're not saving. <laughs> we're definitely failing these <laughs> these throws um I lost my job and so my insurance has changed now luckily I'm so happy I live in Washington state where they really provide amazing social programs in terms of health care for the people that live here and um, can't afford it they yeah. have free health care they have a sliding scale based upon what you make it amazing, was amazing, amazing it, it was amazing I have to say when I was pregnant with James and I we were only one job and it was minimum wage and it was minimum wage years ago. Seattle. Yes. We were living in a high populated city and it's, uh, yeah. And our son's birth was taken care of. It was amazing. Yeah. So I'm very happy that I do that. But right now my focus is finding a, um, doctor that will take my insurance. Um, and so, uh, my current primary care doctor does, <clears throat> and then I'm just waiting for a call back from my gastrointestinal specialist. Um, but I've already contacted them. I have an appointment um, next week to talk about some of the things that I'm experiencing. And then the other nat one I rolled this year was some of the pain issues, which I'll go into more detail on, but I had to have a, um, my ovary removed, which was my last ovary. So I'm in full-blown menopause at 37 and I'm taking hormones, which also can impact your bowels. So yeah. I'm, I'm kind of starting a new phase of my life given all of the things that have changed recently. And so it's a fresh start, but what I love and what I really feel like I did roll a nat 20 on is I, because I don't have a job now, I do have that time to focus on me, on focus mm -hmm. on my mental health. How is my body feeling right now? Because I don't have the stress of that corporate job. Um, I can more get in tune with myself, which is really awesome. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I want to start an elimination diet October 1st. Um, oh, yeah. And it's something that I want. Well, I shouldn't say an elimination diet. Basically, I want to. There's a process that you can go through where you're slowly um, testing the foods, kind of like you're doing almost like when you're feeding a baby food mm -hmm. for the first time. And you're like, OK, we're going to give you these carrots, these strained carrots for three days and see how you react to them before I add anything else. So we know specifically what are these carrots doing to your body? Right. Especially like with specific foods like eggs where there's yeah. always like a high chance that there's right. going to be a reaction exactly like certain berries like any type of nuts or anything like that with kids you know they're like not before they're two because <laughs> you don't want them to die from anaphylaxis um 
And so that's what I want to do. I'm doing some research on like what the best process is. I really want to talk to my gastrointestinal doctor about it, but I'm going to challenge all the adventurers out there that are having some gut issues um, on social media. I'm going to challenge them to do it with us or me. And there you um, go. And then that way, so we can kind of see like, I'm wondering if there's just some foods out there that as humans, because we're intelligent and we have all of these, this amazing brain power, we're like, well, this is consumable, but really we shouldn't be eating it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of stuff in the United States specifically that's banned in other countries. Yeah. And so that's interesting to me, too. Now, I when I was doing my diet, I found that extremely interesting when they were saying, OK, you need to stick away from these different things to the point where it was getting in down to like the chemicals used mm-hmm. and it's like well that's in everything like in the united mass, states in the united states like mm-hmm. mass producing it's become something that they just they just include yeah it's a preservative it's for freshness it's for flavor it's for color it's for blah 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 well i don't need my cheese to look yellow did you right. everybody out there do you know that cheddar is actually white in color they add the color like <laughs> It's not naturally orange, people. Um, And it's funny because, okay, this might be, this is, again, way off topic. But my corporate background, I learned and have a a green belt in lean management and Six Sigma and designing for Six Sigma. And one of the things that they talk about is when you're identifying problems or you are questioning why you're doing something, you really need to go all the way back to the root of why it's being done. And so one example, and this comes back to the cheese, I promise. But one example I have is um, Jordan Page, who I love. If you guys don't follow her, you absolutely should um, on Instagram. She's at, at Jordan Page. We have a lot of similarities and then a lot of differences. She's very religious and things like that, which I am not, but she's an amazing human. She has a lot of kids. One thing that she talks about is a pot roast and there's this pot roast story in one of the um, programs that I took from her and she talks about how her mom and her grandma would always get their pot roast out go to cook their pot roast and cut the ends off their pot roast and throw them away and then cook their pot roast well she was doing making a pot roast started doing this and her husband's like why are you throwing the ends of the pot roast out it's perfectly good meat. And she's like, well, I don't know. That's just how my mom caught, taught me to cook pot roast. So she calls her mom. Her mom's like, well, I don't know. I learned from grandma how to cook pot roast, and she cut the ends off her pot roast. That's just what she did. So luckily, grandma's still alive, so they call grandma. And grandma's like, well, back when I started first started cooking, the pans were too small. Oh, for her to fit her pot roast and the ovens were so like because think about it you know think about how ovens have changed they become huge they used to be tiny and she's like it wouldn't fit any other way so for decades these women have been wasting meat now this is part of her budget program so it's about waste but it has i have a point for decades these women have been wasting meat because they just thought that was how it should be done Versus asking the question of why. And so then one day I asked the question of like, why is our cheddar yellow? You know, like this doesn't make sense. I went to culinary school. 
I know it should be white. I know the cheese making process. There's no kind of mold to my knowledge that molds yellow because you're aging your cheese. That's essentially what you're doing is growing a mold on the outside. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> no, they added coloring to cheese during one of the world wars. Don't quote me because I hate history because it would show up the mold. So the cheese was already naturally white. And so they'd ship it overseas and it would show up with mold and people would get sick because they couldn't see the mold because it was white mold on white cheese. So they fucking dyed the cheese orange. Interesting. So now we have orange cheddar and people will freak out if their cheddar is not orange. And it's yeah. like, it's not supposed to be orange. So long story short, I'm really curious about what we're eating as Americans and why we're eating it that way and why the rest of the world isn't eating it that way. Do you have a specific food in mind already of what you want to look into? I have quite a few things that are like artificial sweeteners are one of the big ones to start with. They are so prevalent in the United States. We, because of the problems we have with diabetes, with um, obesity, things like that, they push artificial sweeteners. Well, there's no calories, no calories. Well, a lot of the artificial sweeteners trick your pancreas specifically into thinking you've had sugar. So then you still produce insulin and then you're still gaining weight because your body's producing this. It's just crazy. And a lot of other countries have banned certain artificial sweeteners. Yeah. And because they, they're carcinogenic, carcinogenic. Yeah. They cause cancer. Um, but they also cause all these other health issues. And then it's just interesting things like corn syrup is really a byproduct of living in the United States. We have corn in abundance. The corn is federally funded um, through subsidies from our federal government to these corn farmers. So the corn farmers will never stop producing corn regardless of whether how much we have. We have a surplus of peanuts. This is another example. We have a peanut surplus and these farmers get subsidies from the government to produce peanuts. Well, we have like we have more peanuts than we could ever use. So then they start thinking about what can we do differently with it. Corn syrup is a byproduct of the corn industry. They determined that it was sweet, just like sugar, and had the same caloric value. And so they start mass producing it as a sugar substitute. So anyway, that's the stuff I'm interested in is like, how did we get from point A to point B? And is it like ultimately is it just because of greed like capitalism is a huge driving force i'm sure exactly like was there just because there's money in it or Mm -hmm. was there i would love now we're getting to the point in time where we are seeing how messed up or how greedy people have become like their thought process their line Mm -hmm. of logic where they're at first they were like, oh, yes, it's good for you. And then now we're like, no, it is not mm-hmm. like that's well, what sh- I like. Yeah. Well, and it shows you how in- how messed up and how interesting our regulatory system is in the United States mm-hmm. to say, why would you ever say I think about our mom, how many things has she gotten done or taken? Like so in the 90s, she took um, Finfin, which was a weight loss thing 
and it was banned. It was recalled later on. All these lawsuits came out for anybody, like people that were on it. They were having all of these health issues and it's because it got approved without really thorough testing. Mm. And it's so hard because like, I understand like wanting to be on the cutting edge of something new. Like if I had just gotten in on Google, Google when it started or Apple, you know, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, you need to we need to be careful and do better testing from my perspective in our our government should do more to protect us from these things that we're not medical professionals. We're right. trusting these medical professionals to tell us this is the best thing for you, but those people are owned by the pharmaceutical companies because that's how they get paid. You know what I mean? So it's just there's a lot. There's a lot we could talk about. No, that's sure. good. I mean, it's definitely something that, like, we can go do research on and then report back. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, And so I think for those listening, you know, don't be worried. Homebrew Heels isn't going anywhere. We're still going to be talking about what we're doing um, in our day-to-day to get through the struggles that we're having with our um, gut issues and as things change, hopefully for the better, what we've been doing in order to affect those changes. Yeah, we definitely, this is something that will be going for quite some time because if we have gut issues, then it's not going to miraculously go away. It's it's going to be something that is managed. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. It's not going to be, here's a pill, you're cured. Exactly. That would be nice. Can we invent that? Uh, Our pill. Right. Our pill. That one life. Homebrew heals. Take this pill. You're all better. (laughs) Cured. What's it called? Our pill. That's what it's called. (laughs) Yeah. But um, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Give us a follow on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, um, and definitely check out our other podcasts where we talk about board games and D&D and uh, our blog posts as well.